Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is Photo Op. Happy New Year, Stuart. Happy New Year. It is what, finally... What did you do for New Year's? Oh, I uh, I actually uh, went out on a beach in nasty, stormy weather and picked up garbage. True story. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed home, watched a movie, and went to sleep like an old person. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. I know. So exciting over here in the mm-hmm. land of please stay home and don't leave your house. Yeah. I will I will say it wasn't planned. Originally, we were just walking out to a stormy Pacific Northwest beach, but we saw a lot of trash on the way, and we found a bag that was still uh, in relatively good shape, so we just started picking up trash and got a whole bunch of it. And so we, Look at we did you, our, you our good first Samaritan, good deed you. of the year. Um, I like it. Yeah. So that was kind of a fun, happy accident, sort of. I mean, it's not fun that there's like trash it. there. But it was a happy accident that we got to do something good. <laughs> so since we've last recorded, uh, not only is it New Year's uh, 2021, excellent, uh, glad to get the old one behind us. Oh boy! Um, but it was also Christmas. How's mm-hmm. your Christmas? It was pretty good. Um, I uh, I got a lot of uh, you know adulty kind of things. Um, there wasn't too much. Uh, I know I, really I got exciting. a step for my ladder. There you go. Ooh, nice. Ooh, I know. <laughs> uh, but I did get a fun new, uh, a couple of fun new camera toys. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, that I will definitely be using and kind of showing off. Um, one is the MyOps trigger finally came in, the one that we talked about during our holiday Sweet. gift guide, um, along with a couple other uh, fun. I got some, you know, audio stuff and some video stuff and a lot of kind of different accessory type stuff. Um, but I also, you know, have that new camera, the new Canon 5DS. Um, so 50 megapixels, huzzah. Um, I've got a fleet of different cameras now. Yeah. Um, but I'm imagining from, uh, and I know that you guys messaged us. There was uh, one person in particular who actually listened to that holiday gift guide and ended up picking up an A7 III. And I just feel happy that, Excellent one, choice. they listened to this, and two, they took some of our advice so yeah. that that feels great <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's it is awesome to to hear from you guys and see uh your input and uh your responses to uh, what we've been talking about so um congrats on your new uh a7 III and uh i'm sure you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it in uh the years to come which so. is the same camera you use it so is. we thought <laughs> we thought that we can start the new year with uh a subject called so you got a new camera now what so uh if you got a new camera over the christmas break or you know just in general uh this is gonna be the episode for you beginner or advanced delight we're just gonna talk about what do you do when you get a new camera just out of the box yeah uh there's a lot of things to do um but the first thing that you should always do with pretty much any new piece of gear of any kind is uh read the manual this especially is a true for uh for camera gear um read the manual um you'll see online uh if uh, if you're ever asking questions about your camera online you'll see rtfm read the effing manual is what that means so if anybody is sending you that message (laughs) and you haven't read your manual yet uh you should do so because that'll solve a lot of your questions immediately (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, when I got my very first camera, I had no idea what I was doing. So reading the manual was literally, how does this mystery box work? Mm-hmm. Um, getting subsequent cameras, I'm like, I kind of already know how this works. But reading the manual definitely allowed me to see, oh, this has a feature that I didn't know about. Like, um, my first camera didn't have automatic HDR bracketing. Mm-hmm. And so when I got a camera that had automatic HDR bracketing, I went, ooh, ah, I can just hold down the shutter and it'll do all my brackets for me. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Or in-camera double exposure. So one of uh, my favorite wedding show photos that people always, like, compliment me on, they're like, oh, so you do Photoshop. I'm like, yeah, but that was actually the one picture of my booth that has not been touched in Photoshop. That was just an in-camera double exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything to, uh, you know, the different features that it has to, Hey, so there's that one thing that I'm trying to get it to do. Why is this not working? Oh, it's because you need to go like enable a menu setting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So reading, reading the manual solves all of those problems for you. And it'll also give you a couple new tools that might be fun to play with. Yeah, um, a lot of, like, uh, one of the big settings that I use on new cameras almost immediately is custom buttons. Now, cameras vary in how many custom buttons they have and exactly how you activate them. So that's a big one that is you're unlikely to find without reading the manual. I mean, I guess you could find it, but it's so much easier to just look in the manual for custom buttons and setting it up so that you can uh, activate certain stuff. The other thing, too, is in the back of your camera, it may just say custom button one. Do you want it to do function one, two, three, or four? And Mm -hmm. you're like... Uh, well, guess what? Your manual tells you what custom function four is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, customizing it. The one thing, so I am a Canon shooter and I like them. I feel comfortable with them. Um, I'm not saying Canon is the best. I'm just saying 10 years ago, I bought a Canon and then I invested heavily into it and now I'm stuck. So, <laughs> uh, whenever I buy a new Canon camera though, uh, the very first thing that I do is, uh, Canon has this, uh, weird thing where um on a scale of left to right the way that if you read english you read from left to right you also think like the the exposure or histogram goes from darker to brighter left to right and you would think that your dial would also correlate left to right darker to brighter but it on a canon it doesn't So, uh, the very first thing that I do is I actually go in on my Canon. So Nikon does it correctly Mm -hmm. and Canon does it incorrectly, but there is a custom function that allows you to reverse the plus minus on, um, all of your dials. So the very first thing I do is without even reading the manual, I just go switch the plus (laughs) minus on those Canon dials to get it going the way that my brain thinks that the dial should actually work. Um, at least they give but you the then, option. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> but but then, of course, there's uh, all the other custom bu- uh, buttons, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, there is an FN button. That mm-hmm. button does nothing until you go tell it to do something. So there's all those little things. And if you are a brand new photographer and you don't know exactly what you want those buttons to do yet, then it may take a customization is a thing that is ongoing. Mm-hmm. You will, you will be going back. You will be tweaking. You will be making it. So it's more comfortable for you. If you're yeah. more experienced and you know what your settings are going to be, then you can change that right out of the box. But New camera, first thing I do. And definitely uh, along the lines of custom buttons, definitely as you're uh, experimenting and shooting with your camera, which we'll get to in a minute, um, 
keep an eye out like notice where you're going frequently in your camera what settings you're using consistently um that might be something that you'd want to use a custom button for like a lot of my custom buttons are are basically settings for different stuff like you press it and it uh gets me most of the way into my normal video settings or into uh like shooting underwater or you know there's all sorts of different uh, Mm -hmm. stuff you can set so so think about where you're using your camera um consistently and that might be a good uh use for those buttons if you if you don't know um, yeah, so I'm going to speak a lot about Canon today, but no matter mm-hmm. what brand you use, this is applicable. For but sure. one of the things that Canon has is um, when you go into the menu and it has all those different tabs, mm-hmm. they have one tab that is My Menu, where you can set up all of your, like, basically your quick menu items. So I will put, like, my HDR bracketing and mm-hmm. my double exposure and the things that I don't want to go digging for, but and I'm not going to use it all the time, but if I know I need it... It's not at the one touch of a button. I can just hit menu, go yeah. really quickly to my quick tab, and then I have all the stuff without having to dig through the, like, three different focusing menus or, the, you know. Good way to do it. So. So read um, the manual. Read the manual. Read the manual. <laughs> all right. So let's talk really quickly about if you have, um, if this is your very first camera, and for those of you that feel bored and want to skip ahead, we'll put a timestamp below for the more advanced tips. But, you know, stick along. Hope, yeah. Hopefully this is useful. So if you are getting your very first camera, it's new, it's shiny, exciting, you just want to play with it, right? Um but really the first thing that you should do is try and cultivate uh, a, an aesthetic. Find work and other photographers that you like and admire. So uh, one of the ones that I very much admire all the way from when I got my first camera 10 years ago to even now, even though his style has changed drastically, is Dave Hill. So I looked at all of his work. I tried to deconstruct it. I looked up interviews where he talked about how he did it. And much of my first kind of photography stuff was me trying to replicate the stuff he did. Um, I did the same thing with uh, Joel Grimes. I, uh, like, looked at his style and tried to replicate the things he did. Scott Kelby even came out with a book that was... um, recipes so he shows the photo and then he gives you the recipe on how to make that photo camera settings lighting all of that so find people that you like and just start copying them and through copying them you are going to learn the craft you're going to learn about your camera and you're also going to change it a little bit because your copy will never be an exact perfect copy and then you'll start to find your kind of flavor preferences just like if if you're cooking and you grab a recipe off the shelf and you're like nah this recipe doesn't have enough salt find the you know the extra flavor that uh makes it more you but you have to start somewhere and when you don't know what you're doing copy people Mm -hmm. that's that's the best thing to do yeah, um, my uh, th- this is an ongoing um, sort of treadmill, I would almost say, where you're you're constantly finding new photographers that you like and you aspire to be, like even many years down the road. Like one one of my favorites, um, who I'm consistently jealous of, is uh, Paul Nicklin, who uh, shoots a lot of Nat Geo stuff, uh, a lot of wildlife. Um, he he sort of does 
everything but it, wildlife is kind of one of his main focuses and uh oh boy he has some of the most incredible stuff um and it's stuff that i couldn't even remotely touch right now but i aspire to do especially underwater work um as i'm moving into that more consistently in my free time so this is an ongoing thing you'll keep finding photographers and keep um and and keep moving forward with your your tastes and your aspirations as time goes on absolutely uh any other tips for new photographers um i would say uh along these same lines is uh what i'm going to call viewing the world with a photographic eye and uh, what i mean by that is uh, this will take some experimentation with your camera at first but you should start viewing the world even in just like your day-to-day life um with how you would compose photographs or at least this is a thing that i like to do and i think is really helpful um, i mean just think about your you know any space that you're in any situation how would you make good photographs out of that space and sure you might not have your camera on you but you'll eventually build an idea of what it looks like through your camera what your camera is capable mm-hmm. of and um you'll just looking at the world in that way will hugely inform um your ability to to get good photographs in the future almost no matter what the space obviously if you're in a studio it's really nice because you can set things up but if you're shooting uh, more off the cuff um you'll in the wild yeah in the wild so to speak uh having a lot of thought around how you shoot different scenes how you take advantage of light and framing and um, composition just consistently day after day is going to help that tremendously Mm -hmm. so yeah use your photographic eye even when you don't have your camera on you the two things that i am constantly looking for are interesting compositions if there are any um shapes or textures or something that i think makes an interesting photograph and taking note of it because i might i might shoot there later Mm -hmm. or um especially if i'm on a wedding this is just in high drive because i just walk into like a church basement and i gotta figure out like how do i make this look good Mm -hmm. so being able to train that skill will allow you to get uh, a good photo in whatever environment you're in The second thing that I'm constantly looking for is lighting. So um, I will walk around, and when I have my camera – I don't do this in real life because I would look like a stoner. But when I have my camera with me, I'll just hold my hand out in front of my face and walk around staring at my hand. But what I'm actually looking for is how does the light and shadows play off that hand? If I were to put a person's face here, am I getting backlighting, side lighting? Am I getting butterfly lighting? Like, And then I will just kind of move my hand around until I find the perfect lighting. And then I say, okay, put your face right here. Look in this direction. Boom, take that photo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those are kind of things that you can uh, just right now hold up your hand in front of your face, try and analyze wherever you're listening to this podcast. Unless you're driving, don't do it if you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, wherever you're listening to this, just look at your hand and try and figure out like how many light sources are hitting my hand, what direction are they coming from, what's the color temperature. Try try and analyze and break down all of these different things, and that's kind of one step towards uh, being able to read a room and read a space and get the photo that you want. Yep. Yeah, every day. That's a habit you should just get into. Do it all the time. (laughs) Um, I think I've got uh, one more tip uh, Mm -hmm. for brand new photographers. So you just get your new camera. The very first thing that you should learn is uh, the exposure triangle. How Mm -hmm. shutter speed, ISO, and aperture all play together. And then look up 
things and techniques to play with shutter speed and aperture. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, ISO is just the higher the ISO, the greater it gets. Um, but if you learn what short shutter speeds can do and what long shutter speeds can do and the trade-off between these three things, I have a really good tutorial on my YouTube channel, which will be linked in the description. Um, but this is incredibly monumental i have actually met a wedding photographer that just shot on like program and did not understand this and when shots were coming out blurry asked me what and i'm like oh my god why do you not know this (laughs) literally the first thing that you should do if you don't know this is uh learn how that works because no matter what fancy features and functions and buttons and smart whatever your camera has it is useless if you do not understand that fundamental building block that literally every camera has yeah um building off of that uh yes it is okay to use program it's okay to use auto modes i i admit i use automatic modes quite uh, quite frequently um especially for stuff that i'm you know just kind of documenting i'm not trying to do you know an art project and um and that's okay but the you really need to understand what your camera is doing and and to some degree kind of how it's making those decisions um, before you lean on those automatic mm-hmm. modes. You need to be able to shoot it manually um, before you lean on that stuff. So definitely uh, play around with those things. Know how they uh, they interact with each other and how they affect an image. And, uh, you know, if you want to use automatic modes in the future just because, you know, sure, that's fine. Um, that's uh, I also use automatic modes. Yeah. When the situation calls for it. Mm -hmm. If I'm in studio, I'm shooting manual. If I'm inside a church and the light is not changing at all, I'm shooting manual. Mm -hmm. Um, I shot a wedding that was outside um, and the the altar was kind of under open shade up on their porch. Mm -hmm. And it was raining, so uh, the crowd the the guests were out under a tent which had a low roof so they were in dark shade and then the bride was walking down the aisle on the side of the house in full sun Mm -hmm. in that situation i'm don't want to miss anything i'm (laughs) shooting full auto and i will fix it later yeah um but i made that choice well and and when you understand um those uh, those functions of the camera you there are gradations of automatic right you don't have to just do all auto all the time you can say like oh for this you know for this shoot or for this situation i really need the shutter speed to be high so all that all motion i is just threw frozen, it in aperture priority at f28 and yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, like you can you can choose, you know, I, I want shutter priority, I want aperture priority, I want, you know, whatever. And there are gradations of automatic. And you can't really make an informed decision about any of those modes until if you, you know don't it. know how they all work. So yeah. Cool. So I think now is a good time to bring everybody back in. If you're a more yeah. advanced photographer, welcome. Thanks thanks for skipping forward and not just turning off the episode. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> All right. So so what do you have for us, Stuart? What are, what are some more things that you should do when you get your brand new camera? Uh, well, definitely um, test your camera's limits. Um, this is something that uh, I do every time I get any new piece of equipment. I mean, I just got a GoPro recently, and I've gone through many GoPros over the years. But, like, the first thing I did was, like, how far can I push this one compared to past GoPros that I've that I've owned? Um, I mean, like, it, as, as something as silly as that or seemingly silly as that, you need to know the limits of what your camera can do. Because um, oftentimes they're 
quite a bit uh, different from your previous gear. So, you know, test how far can you push uh, the ISO before it's unusably noisy? I mean, my uh, my jump from my previous camera to the a7 III, the a7 III is hugely more performant in low light, and I just needed to test that and figure out figure out uh, where I was okay um, uh, going to with ISO before I thought it was unusable. Which is all also, personal preference, but yeah. Yeah, it's all personal preference, but like, or, you know, how, uh, like how many uh, frames per second can your camera shoot? Like, that's a big one. If you're shooting a lot of action, like what, how far can you push your burst mode? You know, what's your buffer size? Um, all of those kind of things. Like, you need to know those limits uh, for your work in the future so that it's just something you know that you you uh, intuitive, intuitively have in your grasp and mm-hmm. you can switch um, back and forth uh, with as the situation how, presents How itself. fast can your camera focus? Yeah. Um, what, mm-hmm. is, what is the delay on saving if you do shoot a burst? Yep. If you shoot a burst and you fill that buffer, your camera locks up until it's done um which the first time i did 5ds i realized like oh no this camera is not for action Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is a 50 megapixel studio camera (laughs) yep yep yeah um and this goes even to to the files your camera spits out right so you know so shoot stuff uh in your camera push the limits in your camera and then bring it into editing and see like how much shadow recovery can you get out of the raw how much highlight recovery yeah Yeah, how much highlight recovery you know what what can you how far can you push the the raw files out of your camera and and to reiterate you should also um, at least be shooting raw in some capacity, whether that's raw plus a JPEG or just straight up raw. At least when you first get your camera, shoot some raw photos out of it and see how far you can push mm-hmm. things um, and what kind of uh, what kind of data you're you're really getting out of it at the end of the day. Run, um, like, so that you know, run how the battery to zero. Yeah, you know, yeah how, how many shots can you get out of it? Can mm-hmm. you shoot all day on a single battery? Do you need to bring three with you? Yep. These are these are the types of things that. Um, if you are a photographer and you have a paying client, you need to know all of these things before one of them bites you in the butt on a paid shoot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And this is an easy thing to skip. Um, if you've gone through a couple cameras already, you're like, ah, you know, I I know, I know how cameras work, but yeah, but you really don't like, that's the thing is you really don't know the, how exactly how your battery is going to perform. You really don't know exactly how your, your, um, your shadow recovery will go until you actually test it. So don't mm-hmm. assume that you know how it functions. Definitely test and know. Don't assume. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the mistakes that I made when I bought a second 5D3 is uh, this is an exact duplicate of a piece of gear I already own. Mm-hmm. So I already know the focusing and the limits and all of those things about it. Um, I failed to actually set up all of my custom functions. And so there was one thing that wasn't working properly. I'm like, why is it not working? Oh, right. Custom function like three or whatever it was. I needed to go set that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, basically going through the whole checklist of stuff that we've talked about today, even if you are an advanced shooter, will make that piece of gear the tool that you need it to be instead of the mystery box that just makes images. Yeah. And if you're an advanced shooter, like this is going to take less and less time. Like you're going to be able to test your camera quite quickly. So this isn't a huge, you know, monumental task and it'll pay dividends um, over the time that you own your camera. So definitely don't skip it. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that I will say uh, if you are, you know, getting a new camera and you're testing it is your first however many photos let's say like 10,000 photos they're all going to be awful yeah um I actually 
side little tangent, I had an experience where I bought my very first uh, camera. It was a Canon Rebel XSI. Mm-hmm. Tells you how old I am. Um, it was a whopping, what, 12 megapixels. And I thought, man, this thing's huge. Who needs more megapixels than this? <laughs> um, and uh, very first day owning it, someone invites me to a photo shoot. I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do this. I pull it out of the box. I read the manual. Like an hour later, I'm shooting with it. I made an amazing image that was in my portfolio for like the next six years, which actually kind of ticked me off. And I'm like, why am I not growing? Why am I not getting better than this? But one of the things was every other photo from that day was completely terrible. They were mm-hmm. all awful. They were all bad. I just got really lucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of getting a new camera and kind of working through this is knowing that not all your photos are going to be winners. Not all of them are going to be good. As you get better, um, it is going to raise your consistency. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, your photos will also get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are going to go from one in a thousand photos is actually shareable to maybe one in a hundred photos is shareable to one in ten photos is shareable mm-hmm. to now I shoot a wedding and roughly half of them are given to the client. So, you know, consistency is uh is going to go up as you get more comfortable with your gear as you learn more techniques as you get better Mm -hmm. so when you get your first camera and you're very excited like if you're stuck on like a point and shoot or your phone and you've upgraded to this fancy you know interchangeable lens camera and you just start shooting garbage with it it's not the camera it's that you need more practice and you're not there yet so just keep shooting keep going keep trying you will get there because i know that's the other thing too you get a new piece of gear thinking this changes everything and then it doesn't yeah <laughs> but you really want to believe and so no gear, gear I'm, I'm the syndrome. only one that's ever happened to that's not relatable at all right <laughs> but yeah i mean consist- consistency is is like the true mark of a professional and even if you're not trying to do this professionally um consistency will uh, lead to much more enjoyment because you'll know that if you're shooting something that you can get good images out of it. So, um, and the other thing uh, that we should touch on briefly, we've talked about this before, but um, your uh, taste will keep, you know, keep pace with your skills over time. Your, your taste will start to outstrip your abilities. Um, so you're, you will also probably tend to think that your images um, are sucking as much as they did in the beginning, but really they're not. Like your taste is just outstripping your ability, mm-hmm. constantly outstripping your ability, and that's a good place to be. So, so that's the other aspect of this is you may never feel like your photos are getting that good, but they really are. Your your um, your eye, your taste is just changing over time to match. Absolutely. I think one of the things that uh, I failed to mention earlier is uh, if you are new, um, we did a podcast episode on photographer's block. And we actually put a bunch of kind of inspirational tips and some photo exercises in that episode um, Mm -hmm. to get you kind of over it. Um, But that's really good for new shooters because if you're like, cool, what do I do? 
Well, mm-hmm. we have a bunch of tips in that one on photo exercises you can try. So go listen to that episode. Um, we're not going to repeat everything here, but we'll have a link to that one as well. Uh, we just want to make sure that we can point you in the right direction and give you some solid, concrete things that you can do and work on to play with your new new camera stuff. Yep, for sure. Uh, any other tips to close us out on? Uh, above all, of course, have fun. I mean, this sounds corny, but uh, really, photography should be fun. Uh, even if you're working in it professionally, I would hope that you're having some kind of fun with it. Um, j- just enjoy yourself, enjoy your new gear, um, and enjoy the 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 new and cool things, uh, the, the, the new art that you can make with it. So um, definitely, uh, at the end of the day, I would hope that this is an enjoyable experience. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Shiny toys are always an enjoyable experience, right? So Right. And as, something else <laughs> I'll notice is when you get something new, you will you will either say this is useless and never touch it again, which I doubt, or mm-hmm. you will slowly start to incorporate that into what you're doing. So what I have right now is I actually have a sound blanket up next to me that is completely white to help reflect light, and I have mm-hmm. two more of those in the new studio space that's coming out. And so uh, our Christmas card, rather than set up a huge softbox, I was super lazy. I just threw my speed light on my camera, and I aimed it at that and used it as a bounce. And guess what? It worked. (laughs) So it worked so well. I'm like, wait a second. I'm going to be doing this a lot more. Mm -hmm. So there are those kinds of things where, yes, I have preferences and I have ways of doing it. But you can learn new ways of doing it. And um, you can use your gear in new and interesting and creative ways. And you can kind of... uh, Increase your toolbox, yep. so to speak. I can use a softbox. I can use a reflector. Um, I can open the garage door behind me and go natural light if I feel like it. <laughs> so there's a lot of different um, things that I'm now adding to my repertoire. Um, and hopefully uh, we can show you some of those new toys in the future. And I'll add a, add a few more, more things to my repertoire. But, oh, man. Um, yeah, these are all just interesting and new ways to take images. So, um it's fun for me. I hope it's fun for you guys. Um, those are all of our tips for getting a new camera. So whether you are beginner or advanced, we do hope that you found this useful. And so coming up next, what are we talking about? Oh boy. Um, one of the things that I think is on our short list that we've, that we've kind of had, uh, up for a while is uh, software and plugins. This is something that we haven't gone into in super high detail before. Um, just kind of recommending Photoshop and and, uh, and Lightroom, really. Um, so we're going to take a look at some uh, software plugins, AI upscaling, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we're going to take a look at that and report back to you what software is worth your time and what is not. So yeah, coming up next. Excellent. Sounds fun. Looks like we got a little bit of homework to do to give you guys a good episode coming up, (laughs) and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us in 2021. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend, and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.